Heavenly Father, today we put on the full armor to protect us against attack. We put on the belt of truth to protect against lies and deception. We put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts from the temptations. We put the gospel of peace on our feet to walk in your light, peace, and freedom with the Holy Spirit. We rebuke anxious thoughts. We take up your shield of faith for protection to block and destroy all the darts and threats thrown at us by the enemy. We put on the helmet of salvation to cover our minds and thoughts, reminding us that we are children of a mighty king. We are forgiven, set free, saved by the blood of Jesus. We take up the sword of the spirit, your living word, that has the power to demolish strongholds and is sharper than any double-edged sword. We come to you, Lord, in prayer daily. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes, let me get this. There we go. Oh, hello. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Guys. Yes, I'm just going to do a little intro for you, Josh. Um, you guys, welcome to The Imagination. I'm your host, Emma. And this week, you're in for a big, big treat. Joining us this week is someone who is a huge inspiration to me, Josh Monday. In his own words, he's a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And in my words, he's a hero. Josh has a podcast I follow religiously called the Christian and Conspiracy Podcast that has been a tremendous resource in my own pursuit of learning the truth about our world. You can find his podcast on almost all mainstream platforms such as YouTube and iTunes, and I'll have all his information linked in the show notes below so you can go follow him as well. I came across Josh's podcast earlier this year when I was researching a popular guest I had on that Josh has also worked with, the amazing Gary Wayne. Josh's podcast populated into my feed, and I've been hooked ever since. If you enjoy this podcast, enjoy guests like Gary Wayne, enjoy alternative history, learning about secret societies, learning about Jesus, the Bible, and conspiracies, the Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast is for you. Josh is an incredibly compassionate host who gives a voice to people and stories mainstream media will never feature. Although I've learned so much from Josh's guests, I've also learned so much from Josh, who so graciously educates us on his own research on every episode. Josh didn't have to get into this fight and does his podcast for free for all of us. He stepped into a fight he could have easily ignored and stayed quiet about. And for this reason and more, I consider him a hero and someone I admire and am inspired by. Today, we're going to build off last week's podcast topic with Sean Hibbler and dive deeper into the flat earth theory, but this time from a biblical perspective and angle. This was a topic I shied away from for a long time because perhaps like many of you, I thought it was a conspiracy before I actually took the time to explore it. However, the deeper I've allowed myself to go down this rabbit hole, the more sense it makes, and the more I realize that the narrative we are taught as children is simply more indoctrination to keep us from having important conversations like what you're about to hear today. In my opinion, few people are more qualified to take on this topic than Josh. So you guys, without further ado, please help me in welcoming God-fearing Christian, biblical wordsmith, voice for the voiceless, and whistleblower ally, the one and only Josh Monday. Josh, thank you so much for your service and for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's today? So Veterans Day is in a couple of days, so we'll we'll thank everybody else that, that served uh, yes. um, in That's the beautiful. military. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the intro. Uh, I think I'm going to hire you to, if I do like a performance on stage, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to throw her on real quick so she can introduce me. So <laughs> for free, you got it. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's an amazing intro. I really appreciate it. And honestly, uh, 
you're you're doing podcasts like saving the children and stuff that has to do with like satanic ritual abuse and the stuff that you're doing is amazing and all the work that you're doing is is going to is going to help our uh, our truther community as well you start out with the prayer you know and uh that's like Ephesians uh what like 6:13 somewhere in there don't don't get me don't get me wrong if I'm quoting it but um there's principalities of evil that that we're we're fighting against right so this is it's not a uh, it's a spiritual battle everything we do right um and Satan likes to make everything upside down, and he wants you to 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 think that uh, you don't know what is up and what is down. And with the uh, with the uh, with the flat Earth, it's interesting because when you're on the uh, spinning globe, you don't know what's up and what is down because it's always spinning at all times. So um, I'll go into a lot of references about that. So uh, first okay. of all, I like I like to say, okay, faith it comes by hearing the word of God, right? So. Uh, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God is uh, Romans 10, 17. Okay. So what kind of faith is produced? Uh, if you hear the word of God and you don't believe it, um, we're saved by grace through faith. So that's not a good thing, right? So um, all scripture in Timothy 1, 6, 20 is inspired by God. All scripture. It doesn't say that um, Genesis is an allegory and, um, you know, Proverbs is, is is an allegory, so that's not inspired. No, it says all scripture is inspired by the word of God. That's what Paul says in Timothy 6.20. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that uh, This is 1 Timothy 6.20. I'm about to read. I'm sorry. So here's what I like to get into because I like to challenge science with the Bible because I feel like we should filter uh, science through the Bible. And if it doesn't match up, then I don't believe that we should, we should, we should, you know, follow it because uh, here in First uh, Timothy six twenty it says, "O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and opposition of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith." Grace to be with thee, Amen. The first of Timothy was written with uh, Laodicea, with the chiefest city of uh, Phygera. Uh So. Basically, what he's saying is uh, there's going to be opposition of science, falsely so-called. So that's going to there's going to be science that's going to oppose our faith, and that's what we have right now going on uh, at all times. And I'm going to get uh, really deep into that with uh, when I when I kind of go into uh, what I'm going to go into first. Let me ask um, you real quick, Josh, for people who might not be familiar with you, mm. how did you kind of get into this stuff, and what woke you up to flat Earth? Well. I did a song called uh, "Signs of Things to Come." It's a, 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 it's a conspiracy and Christian song. Most of the songs that I did before that were all uh, Christian only, and I, I kind of, I was raised by my dad like to kind of know both sides, like the Illuminati, the Federal Reserve, and all that stuff. My dad really? kind of showed Your us both sides, yeah, wow. like William Cooper. But the only problem was, well, back then he was, uh, he was also like, like. Well, he was kind of doing drugs at the time and teaching us the Bible, you know, so I think mixing those two can kind of be tough, you know, sometimes. Right. So my foundation was a little shook, but he did teach us about that and also ta taught us about God. So wow. he was he was big into like the revelation and stuff. But so when I was growing up, I got to learn a little bit of conspiracies and the Bible. So um, when I decided to make this song, it was when, uh, you know, the pandemic was happening really deep and. There was a lot of uh, oppression happening to, to certain people uh, about, you know, the taking uh, the the jibby. You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, <laughs> the the yeah. So 
I was like, you know what? I want to make a song. So I kind of made a song. Uh, I won't repeat the lyrics because I don't want you to, to, get, to get you kicked off of uh, YouTube. But um, I, I was sending it to every single person, like Tinfoil Hat Podcast, all these different podcasts. I was like, you know what? I want to just send it to as many people as I can. I think it's important for people to hear it. And uh, Dangerous World Podcast kind of picked it up. And they were like, hey, dude, I want you on our show. So that was the first podcast I did. And it was I did like I was I was mentioning the Bible and then we were talking about conspiracies. So that's that was kind of like, man, uh, I like to combo those two. It kind of was it went together good. So then I went on Legit Bat podcast and then uh, my family thinks I'm crazy with Mark Steves. And then um, Legit Bat called me and said, hey, dude, the podcast that you did, we did it on Sandy Hook. Um, He was like, that podcast you did is doing great. You should start your own show. So. I discussed it with my brother. I was like, hey, bro, let's uh, let's get into this. My brother's pretty good with like breaking down the Bible. And I was more good at, uh, you know, like like the Bible, but also breaking in, breaking down conspiracies. So we kind of discussed it and then we started the show. So that's kind of how we, we got into it. The Flat Earth was one of our episodes, like the fourth episode or fifth episode. We we like started studying it and I started sh- studying it with my brother. My brother was like kind of blown away and. Once he found out about it and we found out that it was biblical, uh, then he started sharing it with his family and everything. And I was like, hey, dude, you got to they got they have to have a, a, a conspiracy foundation first. You have to build and a biblical foundation. Then you can kind of build on top of that. You know, when you when you just go up to somebody and you flat smack them, what's called um, usually, you know, you want to you want to have somebody that believes the Bible, first of all, you know, and um, and also have a conspiracy foundation first you know so that's what we try to do with the show build that kind of foundation and then we talk about that you know so yeah yeah so it's i love your podcast that is the part that people don't get the spiritual side even i tell people you don't have to believe in god you have to understand that the people that we're fighting against do and that Mm -hmm. they are literally waging revelation on us. Like you need to know this text, even if it's not something that you personally believe, because that is exactly what we're fighting, you know? And I love how your show really dives into that and helps people understand both sides because they really do coincide. If you only look at the conspiracy side, you miss out on the actual intended meaning behind what they're doing, you know? And and that's why I think people have that disconnect. If they understood the spiritual side of it, yeah. It makes all the conspiracies make complete sense why it's all happening. So I yeah, just want to end on that. I love your show. Thank you. I yeah, I love your show too. Uh, I love that. Well, what I was going to say is the truth is like right on their nightstand. You know, everybody's like searching for the truth, rabbit hole after rabbit hole. All these shows will dig, will take you down that rabbit hole, but they never have the solution, right? The solution is God. They have the Bible. That's the solution. The absolute truth. It's sitting right on your nightstand, waiting for you to pick up and read. And 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 it's it's God's word. Like I said all scripture. So I talked about uh, vain babbling and science, you know, opposition to science. So let me just go over what the scientists say first, and then I'll go over what the Bible says. Um, We have about a good hour and 15, so that'll be great. Um, So the scientists say that the earth is at a 23.4 degree axis, uh, spinning at a thousand miles an hour and rotating around the sun at 66,600 miles an hour. So, um, that's an interesting number. I'll get I'll get into it later. How all the heliocentric model connects to the mark of the beast, and that's one of the numbers you're going to see six 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 sixty six thousand six hundred miles. I don't even know why they would have that, but what we have to realize is the fastest bullet that we have right now travels at eighteen hundred miles per hour. Okay, so to put that in perspective, 
It's amazing to realize that the bullet travels that fast. But what's really amazing is that we're going 30 times faster than a bullet around the sun. And nobody feels one thing. Uh, I think it's interesting, too, that if there's an earthquake here, and I live in Rialto, California, which is like, you know, Southern California, and uh, Riverside is like the next city over, or or LA, let's say we have like a 4.0 earthquake in LA, we feel it here. So when the earth moves, you know, with an earthquake, like a, just a 4.0, we kind of feel the trembling, right? So we feel it when the earth moves, when it comes to an earthquake, but we don't feel it when the earth moves, when it's going 66,600 miles an hour around the sun. That is something that even when I talk to people that believe in the globe model, when I tell them that part, they, the thousand miles an hour is is believable because we're such because the Earth is so big, right? But the sixty six thousand six hundred miles an hour for them is unconceivable, even for for a lot of people. Like what they teach us these numbers when we are so small, we're, we're unable to conceive, um, you know that those type of numbers, and they even do that with us. With I'm going to show you right now with these gigantic numbers, we have no idea how to conceive, right? Um, they also say that the moon is orbiting the earth at 2,288 miles per hour. Um, as you notice, that's faster than a bullet, right? That's faster than a bullet. And you're just like, it's just, you just see it up in the sky, <laughs> super slow. Well, it's you know funny because I mean? you can look up at the sky and if we're revolving, why do the stars just stay? Why can you see, why aren't they revolving around us too, you know? If we're going 66,600 miles an hour, how do we look up and see the stars, the same ones every single night, right? Yeah. So that's interesting, but here's some even crazier stuff. The whole universe is moving through space at 525,000 miles an hour. The whole universe, Okay. So that means the sun is moving at 525,000 miles because everything is following the sun. You know, it's it's just it's crazy. Um, and and uh, they say the sun is 93 million miles away. OK, but if a cloud gets in front of the sun, just a cloud, right, it changes the the, the temperature by I mean, a lot, by like 10 degrees. I can even feel it because I now that I studied this, now I watch everything. You know, I'm watching the sky at all times. I'm like looking at the moon during the day because I see the sun is out and the moon is out, but the moon is still not fully lit. Uh, just a whole bunch of stuff, you know. So this is also astronomically crazy to me is how close is the closest star? It's called Alpha Centauri. It's 4.4 light years away. The reason why they use light years is because they don't want you to know how far it actually is. One light year. Here's another six, right? Six trillion miles away. <clears throat> six trillion. So if it's 4.4 light years away, the closest star is 24 trillion miles away. And they expect us to see that with the human eye. A light that is 24 trillion miles away, that's the closest star. There's some stars that are, you know, 100 light years away or 500 light years away that we're able to see. So to me, that is crazy and insane. They want it to be this vast, vast universe. The closest galaxy to us, too. I'll even trip you guys out even more. 2.5 million light years away. So you'd have to take 2.5 million and times it by 6 trillion. And it's that far away. That's how far the closest galaxy is to us, right? So the way that they said all this came about, you know, all this craziness, um, there's like a scientific trinity I like to go over, right? The scientific trinity would be um, 
uh, starts out with the Big Bang Theory, right? And that came from a Jesuit priest. His name is uh, uh, George Lamontre. If I'm butchering his name, I'm sorry. Uh, he was a, and he started that. That was like in the 1920s, right? So this comes from a Jesuit priest, the Big Bang Theory, right? So you kind of look in that. You're like, okay, why That's is he a cosmo- right there? Yeah, that right there, as a conspiracy theorist, it's a red flag already. You're like, all right, that's a red flag. Okay, so what he says is 13.8 billion years ago, uh, it's like the size of a pin. This, you know, this giant explosion happens, you know, and then all of a sudden gravity just brings everything together. All these planets form. Uh, they they say that the, you know, that the sun or the, they said that the stars formed first, like 13.6 billion years ago, and then the, the sun formed, uh, and then the earth formed. But in the very beginning, they said the moon formed. So we have the moon, then the sun, then the earth, and then the other planets. That's what they say, right? Which totally goes against what the Bible says. I'll show you in a little bit. But so we have the Big Bang Theory. Then we have the theory of evolution. Now, evolution uh, came from uh, Charles Darwin and his grandpa, uh, Freemason, right? And then his dad, I don't know if his dad was a Freemason, but him, he is a uh he started out as a Christian, fell away from the faith, and he became a, a, a theist or a, a agnostic, right? So that's his belief. And he he believes that uh we evolved, it takes long periods of time. That's why they tell you, oh, the Big Bang was 13.8 billion years ago, the earth started 4.6 billion years ago, and it just evolved from you know. Uh, a speck into you know whatever it is uh, a, a swamp whatever however they said it lightning strikes started a, a a living organism and it just took all this time for uh for each uh thing to evolve right now the bible says reason too um i believe okay i don't have i i i don't want to say that he's a freemason because um i heard he was but i heard it too I, but i don't have any proof yeah. There you go. I'm the same way. So I don't like to say that because I know his grandpa for sure was a Mason. And I know his dad, pro- well, it usually goes down the line, right? But yeah. I don't know for sure. But I just like to talk about the religious aspects because we're Christians here, a lot of us. And if he's a theist and he's not believing in Jesus Christ, he's not believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, then in your, and you're believing that the Bible's teaching evolution, you're going to be going to hell right along with him because he he wasn't if he was like a God-fearing Christian, he he believed in God, he believed Jesus Christ was the Lord and Savior, and then he was teaching evolution and trying to fit it in the Bible. At least you're following a Christian, but you're not, though. So that's what's interesting to me. And then the last but not least in, in this uh scientific trinity, we have the heliocentric globe. Helio, right? Helios is a name for Apollo. Okay, I just want to let you guys know that. So now we have everything revolving around what? They have everything revolving around the sun, right? Copernicus himself, which is the one that came out with this, he was uh he they say he was an occultist. Also, he's a he's a priest, right? Uh they say that he he had this theory and he didn't want to put it out because it, it it conflicted so much against the Bible. And so what he did is he held on to the information, but the Catholic Church is like, we want you to put this out, put it out, put it out. It's what happened when they put out the heliocentric globe model is they changed the uh, the calendar to Gregorian calendar. So they changed when the Sabbath was. They changed when Passover was. Uh, they changed all these different festivals because they changed the actual calendar. So that kind of that's one part of the the uh, the deception. Um, also, uh, the heliocentric globe, everything's revolving around the sun. 
all that stuff has to do with the Big Bang. Why is everything moving? Because of the Big Bang. So later on, when they came out with that theory, um, which also takes people away from God, and evolution takes away people from God, um, also it puts everything revolving around the sun, which if you look at Freemasons, right, it's all about, you know, like, you know, Egyptian sun worship. Uh, we have a phallus here, phallus there, Osiris, the sun god. Even in uh, Washington, D.C., our own uh, state capital, we have a phallus sitting there with the state capitol building, with the belly of the beast, which is like Isis's belly. We have all that. That's all worshiping the sun. We have the George Washington on top of the capitol looking down with 22 stars. That's about all about becoming a godlike, right? So it's all about worshiping the sun. Even Copernicus says, um, in the middle of all this sits the sun enthroned in its most beautiful temple. That's his own writing. That is called sun worship. He, he wants, it's like sun God. Helios is Apollo. That's another name for Satan. And that's another name for Apollo. All these other gods that are out there, if you guys look it up, is um, that's probably what Satan promised these fallen angels is you're going to be worshiped like God. Uh, he talks about uh, wanting to be like the most high, right? So that's what they are. So I, th I believe that these fallen angels get to take these positions and, and Satan will take like Zeus or Apollo, and he gets to be worshipped like the Most High, right? Comes up with these gods, and that's what I believe is happening. So uh, Isaac Newton, another uh, person that's involved in all this, uh, they say he's a known occultist. Uh, some people say, oh, he was a saved Christian. Don't tell me that. Well, I've looked up information where it says that he was an occultist, right? So mm -hmm. we're following another guy that I believe is not biblical. Um, so if we're Christians and we get we get caught into this huge lie, which no problem if you did. And I did too. You know, all of us probably did because that's how we were raised. Yeah. Um, study each individual person that is that we're following. Like, you know what I mean? Like our history has been totally uh, messed up for us. So we need to go back, read these people and really dissect them, read their writings, find out how they spoke. If, they, if, they, if it even is them writing it, who knows? But and, um, I mean, it's like they make us worship Freemasons and Luciferians instead of God. You know, we look oh, for, them sure. for the information and we look away from the Bible. Like you said, I will show you right now how everything about the heliocentric model, even um, even uh, John Calvinist. He's one of the guys that was like big back then in the 1500s. Uh, Martin Luther, all of them oppose the heliocentric model saying that this is occultist. This is nothing to do with the Bible. This is not true. And uh, those are big names that we have in our history, uh, biblically, right? You know, the, the Reformation with Martin Luther. So he was saying uh, some stuff I'm about to go over, you know, on here. So first off, that's everything that they say, right? That's everything the scientists say. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. And we have some time to do that. So, uh, what we need to understand is all scripture is, is inspired by God. Um, when, uh, when, um, when Moses wrote the 10, the 10 commandments and he wrote Genesis and, and the five books of the Bible, he actually got to, uh, he got to, uh, spend 40 days and 40 nights with God, right up at the Mount, Mount Sinai. Right. So he's up there. Uh, God is giving him the 10 commandments, give, uh, probably tell, I don't know for a fact, but I know he was probably telling them how he created the earth. Um, that's kind of how Moses probably wrote all this stuff. It's all inspired by the word of God, right? So you got to think about it. He spent some time with God. So he got to know what's what's up. So let's go over the, the Bible, okay? Genesis, uh, day one. 
Uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So earth is land, right? Heaven is uh, can be the sky. Uh, it could be where the moon, sun, and the stars are, or heaven could be where God is. I believe that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I think he started out with the sky, right, uh, and, and the earth. Uh, since it says, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, it's called the Abuso. I think he created the foundations at this time. Some people believe that there's a gap theory here and all that, but uh, with my mind thinking, this is the way I interpret this. I think he created the foundations and the Abuso, which is Sheol, and it's also where uh, the Antichrist comes out of. That's 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 what that is. So I think he created the foundations and the sky first. Uh, day two, he created the oceans, so the waters, right, which is going to be above the, the 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 earth part, which is land. So the waters are formed now, the seas and the firmament. Okay, so now you have the firmament. It says it right there, firmament. Okay, so day two, the oceans, which is the waters and the firmament. Day three, he created the dry land, so which is going to be the continents and the vegetation. So day three, you have dry land now and vegetation and the firmament. Firm, it's a dome, solid, uh, rakia, stereoma, it's solid. And then day three, uh, uh, day four, he created the moon, the sun, and the stars also. Uh, he calls the moon the greater light to rule the night, and the sun the greater light to rule the day, and the stars also. So he already has the earth and everything formed with the firmament. And in, in the firmament, he created the moon, sun, and the stars also. So if we're rotating around the sun, then why would he create the sun on the fourth day and the earth on the third day? I think that's kind of a challenging question for people. Uh, I personally think he would create the sun first because everything everything revolves around it. And then he create the moon, the sun. And also, it's interesting, it doesn't say anything about him creating planets. Planets is uh, wandering stars. That's what they're called in, uh, in Greek. And also it's called planet planutos or whatever it is. I don't know how to pronounce it, but they're called wandering stars. They're not called planets. Uh, if you really get the root word of planets, it's deceive. Okay. It gets really interesting. And if you see in uh, Jude, it talks about pl the planets being judged. So it's like, whoa, what does that mean? You know, uh, are the stars or the planets celestial, they're celestial bodies, but like what? But it gets interesting. So uh, here's some verses real quick. I'm going to go over about the earth being fixed. I'll go over these really fast. First Chronicles 1630. He has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Uh, Psalms 93.1. Thou has fixed the earth immovable and firm. Psalms 96.10. He has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Psalms 104.5. Thou has fixed the earth on its foundation so it cannot be shaken. Isaiah 45.18. Who made the earth and fashioned it himself, fixed it fast. Um, Isaiah 48, 13. Mine hand also laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand has spanned the heavens when I call unto them, and they stand together. Uh, there's also a uh, a verse in Psalms. I didn't write the, the verse down. Uh, listen to this. He says, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep, when he made the he made Firm the skies above. Firm, okay? Firm, what does firm mean to you? 
It means hard, right? Firm, like you knock on it, right? So he made the the skies firm. Uh, with the fountains and and springs of the deep became fixed and strong when he set the sea and its boundaries. Now, if you uh, and it says so that the water would not transgress. Now, if you think about the flat Earth model, what's around it? Antarctica, and it's a circle. If you look down, so he's talking about when he set the sea and its boundaries so that the waters would not transgress. I believe that that's a circle, right? Not a globe, but a circle with Antarctica around it. So that verse is really breaks down. And then it says, when he marketh out the foundation of the earth. So it sounds like in that whole verse right there, it's Proverbs. I'll have to look it up. Uh, it sounds like he is um, talking about the flat earth right there, the way that it is, right? It's it's just really interesting. So, and I'm sorry, I'm going through so many verses. Guys, it's going to be a lot of information. So she's giving me the, 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 um, the uh the time to information dump so we can get through this so thank you for okay. that i appreciate it okay now we have the sun and the or the moon and the sun are moving biblically let's let's look at this joshua 10 verses 12 through 13 then spoke joshua to the lord in the day that the lord delivered up the amorites before the children of israel and he said in the sight of israel sun stand still Thou hast still uh, upon Gibeon, and, and thou moon in the valley of Ajan. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people have avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven, and it has not go down for a whole day. So that's the sun and the moon stopping in two geographical locations. So Joshua is saying, he said, he had the sun stop moving and the moon stop moving. And that's a prayer to God. So are we going to, are we to say that Joshua is a liar? I don't believe Joshua's a liar. Not this Josh or that one. No, I'm just kidding. No, that one right there is not a liar. So he said that. Um, now, if the moon and the sun, if the moon and the earth are the ones that are moving and the sun is standing still, he would have just said, earth stand still. And moon stands still. And if this actually happened, according to Neil Tyson Degrassi, everybody's favorite scientist, he said that everybody would fly off the earth if we're not strapped down like a bus, right? So um, now, obviously, I don't believe that man one bit. So, uh, and I believe the Bible. So now we have the sun stopping and the moon stopping, the earth fixed and immovable. Um, we also have uh, Habakkuk 3.11. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation at the night of thine arrows, thy went and the shining of thy glittering spear. So it also says it there. So that's two. Now let's see. Also, we have uh, Isaiah 38, 7, 8. And this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow on the sundial, which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Azaz, 10 degrees backwards. He's talking about, and so the sun returned 10 degrees uh, on the dial to which it had gone. So down. So it's talking about moving the sun back 10 degrees. He did that for this person because that's what he the, has prayed for. Um, so that's interesting that three different parts of the Bible is talking about the sun and, the, and moving, right? Not the earth, right? So any questions so far? No, this is really fascinating. Do you know how many times the word firmament or how many times in general this is actually talked about in the Bible? Firmament? Yeah. Okay, so in in uh, Genesis 1-6, uh, I, I think it's 1-6. I'll have to look it up. Um, it talks about 
the firmament is heaven. So when, when God's talking about heaven, sometimes he might be talking about the firmament or he might be talking about the sky, might be talking about the where the moon, sun, and the stars are, or he might be talking about above the firmament where it's God, God's throne is located. But I'm going to go over um, a few verses. First, I'll, I'll show you that the moon is a light, the sun is a light. So that's two separate lights. And then I'm going to go over the firmament for you. But uh, the firmament is talked about quite a bit, but um, you need to read the King James Version because that's the Septuagint when all the, the there's there were 72 uh, scholars that got together that that the Torah is so important to them, right? They're all, they're Jews, right? They're, they're, uh, they're like super, it's super important. So they, when they translated that word, they, they had a choice to translate it to sky if they want, or they could translate it to expanse like they do now. But the word firmament was translated from Greek or from, from Hebrew, uh, rakia to stereoma, which is uh, solid. That's what the word means. So the sky is a solid dome. That's the, that's what they chose to put. Nowadays, they get a little loose with it and say it's just an expanse or it's just a canopy. That's what they try to say because they say there was ice formed around the earth. That All that I'll, I'll get into and show you that it's not true. Um, the, the whole ice theory. So, okay. So the moon and the sun and the light are, so we'll, we'll talk about Genesis 1, 14 through 19, which is going to cover the firmament and also the moon, the, uh, the, the way that the moon is a light and the sun is a light. So it says Genesis 1, 14 through 19. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give them light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So the sun is a light and the moon is a light because he made two great lights. He didn't make one great light to shine off of this rock. Okay. It says he made two great lights, the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. And he placed all these in the firmament. Okay. Like if I'm in the room right now, the, the room is right here. I'm in the room. Well, those, the moon, sun, and the stars are in the firmament. And that's going to be very important as I go over that in a, in a, in a moment here. Oops, uh, I got somebody's podcast starting up. Sorry. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, I'll give I'll go over just a couple real quick, uh, like Ezekiel 32, 7. It says, and when I shall put out thee, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with the cloud and the moon shall not give her light. So the moon has a light. I have several verses that I could go over, but I, just for time constraint, you guys can look it up. Find out how many times it says the sun, his light, and the moon, her light. There's a several verses on it. Even Jesus says it, um, which I'll go over a little bit later. Okay, so now let's discuss the word firmament that, that you wanted to talk about, which is which is probably the most important, I think, with the flat earth movement. And if, if you want to try to take it biblically from, from, from uh, secular to, to biblical, um, Keep in mind that the moon, sun, and the stars are in the firmament, which would be like saying inside the firmament. So there would be the firmament, and those are in the firmament, not outside of it. There's not like a firmament, then those, and then another firmament. It's not what it says. It talks about one firmament being uh, being created. 
So, like I said, rakia in Hebrew, it does, uh, and then in uh, Greek, it's stereoma. Both of those words have been have been translated from they're solid, right? Beaten out, hammered out. Uh, some uh, some say like molten glass or crystal, you know. Um, and above that is water because God said He separated the waters from the waters. Why? Okay, when He separated the waters from the waters, the water from above, from the water from below. Below would be the sea, the oceans. Above that would be waters above the firmament, and there has to be it has to be solid because it's holding up the waters. And um, so there's a theory out there that Ken Hovind came up with, and he's great. He's great creationist. Don't don't get me wrong. He's great at battling people on biology. You know, like evolution. This is not true. Everything was made after its kind, and he's a great uh, teacher. Don't get me wrong. But his theory, because he's so stuck in this globe model, he said that the that the firmament was a solid piece of ice around the earth, and that um, and that it melted, and that's what caused the flood, right? That, that started raining, and 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 that's what was blocking everybody to to let them live longer. This this solid piece of ice, right, around the globe. But what he forgot to to read was that they put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament. So that ice would have to be on the outside of the entire universe that we that they say we have, and that would have to melt. And what would it do? It never it would never come to the earth because God put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament. So if you want to call the firmament a, a solid piece of ice that melted, you need to know that you need to put the moon, sun, and the stars inside of that, right? So I don't think that I think that that um, theory wouldn't hold weight. Um. I wanted to try to go over one thing for you too, is that, that, that verse I talked about Genesis one, six, uh, about the, the firmament being called heaven, right? The firmament called heaven. So it says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so, and God said, called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the day and the morning were the second day. Um, interesting uh, fact is on the first day, God said it was good, right? He created the moon or he created the um, the heaven and the earth, which is like the sky and the land, right? And, and he says he created the light, let there be light. And it was good. So the first day he said it was good. The second day when he created the firmament, he doesn't, he doesn't say that it was good. He doesn't say it was good. Think about why he created the firmament, which is going to separate man from god so that's a solid dome separating us from god so he didn't say it was good but on the third day the fourth day the fifth day the sixth day he said it was good and at the end he said it was everything was good so i just thought that was kind of an interesting fact that he did that so um i think that's why when you die you become spirit when you're spirit you could travel through that hard uh firmament and if you're spirit you could go in to the earth, which the Bible says is shield or hell is located. You're, if you're spirit, the angels come and get you. It's a, you know, I don't know if you've read that uh, in Luke, the story of Lazarus, the angels came and got uh, Lazarus and took him to the paradise in the earth, you know, which is called Abraham's bosom. The, the, the angels came and took the rich man and took him to shield immediately when you die. So you get to go either now that Jesus died, obviously we can go to heaven, which is going to be up. But before there used to be Abraham's bosom and shield. And, and if you read the Bible, it's in the earth. So if you become spirit, now you could go through the earth or you could go up to heaven through the firmament. I don't believe we could ever travel uh, as humans 
through the firmament, which I'm going to show you why and how they tried to actually get through the firmament uh, with these missiles, right? Um, so any questions so far? <laughs> no? no, you're doing awesome. Keep going. Okay, so now we have uh, now we have uh, God's throne above the firmament. Um, this is what I believe. This is the most. This is so important. You know, uh, God is close. Um, now, if you take the Bible and you take what science says, they are saying that uh, God said He put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament. And in Ezekiel, uh, it talks about God's throne being above the firmament. So now we have this firmament would have to be outside the entire universe and probably all these galaxies. And uh, God's throne would be above that. The earth would be this little speck right here. And what they're saying is that if the moon, sun, and the stars are in the firmament, like the Bible says, and, and we are in a universe, now God's throne is going to be trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away. And not only that, it's an ever-expanding universe. So now we have the earth here rotating around the sun, and God's throne is getting pushed further and further and further and further and further and further away, right? Because God's throne is above the firmament, and he put it, the moon, sun, and the stars inside the firmament. So what science is doing is they're pushing God further and further and further and further away. And that's what they're truly doing with evolution, the Big Bang, all these uh, blocks between you and God. So now you have to try to take all these scientific theories and try to fit them into the Bible. And I'm telling you, it's like trying to put a puzzle piece together. It ain't going to work. But when you take this theory and you place it into the Bible, it fits like a glove. And what we need to understand is science is always changing all the time. But the word of God is solid and it stays the same. So do you want to believe people that are chasing rabbits all day long, trying to, oh, what's this, it's this, and then and then they have to keep changing and changing and changing? Or do you want to believe the one who actually created the earth, the word of God? That's that's a question to everybody, you know? Um, now we have Satan even talking about this, okay? He's even, he's a flat earther too. Watch, listen, I'll show you. He says, for you said uh, in thy heart, this is the uh, Isaiah 14, 13 through 15. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall uh, be brought down to shield to the lowest depths of, of the pit. So Satan wanted to be like the most high. Why is God called the most high? Because he's the highest part of creation. He's at the highest point. If you have a firmament, you have water above that and you have God's throne above that. He's at the highest part of creation in that model, right? That's why he's called the most high. And he says, God's throne is above the stars. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So God's throne is above the stars, right? Just like the Bible says. And people don't realize that when they read that. Um, we have Amos 9.6. Here's another one. It says, the one who built his upper chambers in the heaven and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. He, he who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth, the Lord is his name. This is Amos 9.6 in the NASB 2020. I, don't, I never read that, that, that version, but this is something that I saw in, in uh, who, who had this on there? I think it was um, Rob Skiba. I was like, wow, the way they explain that there sounds pretty flatter to me. The one who builds his chambers in the heavens and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. 
Um, for all my Catholics out there, read the actual Catholic Bible. Instead of saying firmament, it says dome. Okay. It says dome. I'm like, all right, all the Catholics out there. I'm not Catholic. I'm Christian. And, and you know, I've, you know, I'm just letting you guys know, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, now the the Ken Hovind's theory also gets demolished because David, uh, in Psalms one forty eight one through four, talks about waters being above the heavens, uh, even after the flood. Right. So it says, "Praise ye the Lord! Praise ye the Lord from the heavens! Praise Him in the heights! Praise Him! Uh, praise ye Him, all His angels! Praise ye Him, all His hosts! Praise ye Him, the sun and moon! Praise Him, all ye stars of light! Praise Him, ye heavens!" Uh, of heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens. So he's talking about the water above the heavens, right? Above the firmament. It's still there. All right. So it's it's interesting. Um, Ezekiel 10.1 is the one I was telling you about earlier about uh, God's throne being above the firmament. Uh, this is a, a, a popular verse. If I read the whole verse about uh, Ezekiel, you know, being in the wheel within the wheel. They think it's a UFO type of stuff and angels move with those. But anyways, it says, then I looked and behold in the firmament was above the head of the cherubims. There appeared over them as it was a sapphire stone as the appearance of likeness of a throne. So, and also there's a part where it talks about um, uh, him seeing like a man. So you have to think about this. The head, I think where the sun, moon and the stars are is where the, the angels and fallen angels and demons are having their spiritual wars happening. I believe it's up there. Um, and I believe that God's throne is above the firmament, right? Which is solid dome and that his throne is above that. Um, the reason why I believe that is because in uh, Daniel, it talks about him doing a prayer. He was fasting for three weeks and it, and, and, and the angel, he's like, why did the prayer take so long? Like, why did it take so long to get answered? And the angel says, I believe it's Gabriel says, that he had to go through all these uh, fallen angels and fight, and and he had to call on Michael to help him for him to get down back down to Daniel. So the reason why is because if you think about it, Gabriel goes up to heaven, speaks to God, right? Gabriel comes down through where they say uh, space is located, where it would be like the moon, sun, and the stars are. He's fighting fallen angels and everything, and then he finally gets down all the way to the earth. So that's why I believe personally, and don't think I'm crazy, Crazy or loony, I'm, I, I promise I'm not. It's just the way I'm interpreting the Bible, you know. Um, so that's where I believe God's throne is um, is is above the firmament. And then uh, Revelation four six is kind of it kind of describes the 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 firmament. It says, and before the throne was a sea of glass, unto uh, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So it's saying that the throne below it is like a crystal glass. Right. Um, now let's take it from the Bible to the secular world about the firmament. And I'll tell you what they did. Any questions so far? I think we're moving at an incredible pace. We're doing good. <laughs> let's keep going. All right. All right. All right. Have you ever heard of Operation Fishbowl before? I have. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people haven't, though, that are listening. Okay. So Operation Fishbowl, uh, the original name was Dominique Chama, Operation Dominique Chama, right? So uh, Operation Fishbowl was a series of high-altitude nuclear tests in 1962 that was carried out by the United States as a part of the larger operation, Operation Dominic Chama, <laughs> nuclear test program. Um, if you look into Dominique, uh, the word Dominique, it means 
belonging to God in Latin, and chama means fixed shell. So they're basically taking a Thor missile, that's what it's called, a Thor missile, and they're doing high-altitude missile tests. And it was shooting up in the air as high as the missile could go, and it was exploding in the air. And it was from – you could see it from uh, no atmosphere to atmosphere. They said the explosion. So they're taking Thor's missile, and they're trying to blow up the fixed shell belonging to the uh, the Lord, basically what it is. That's – that's even the, the words, the wordplay that they have. Also, they have Operation Fishbowl. So a fishbowl is glass and the land, right? So it's a dome, and then a fishbowl would have a hole on the top. So what they're trying to do is take a Thor missile, which is uh, Thor is a god, right? It's a it's a god, and they're trying to explode it into the fixed shell belonging to our god, the real god, the god of the Bible. So, and it's in 1962. I think they're also trying to find out how high they could take the missile without hitting the firmament because if they're shooting missiles at each other they want to make sure that they're not going to hit the firmament so they shoot the, the missile straight up in the air to find out how high they could get obviously they're not going to explode the firmament because god created it and if they would have blown up the firmament then we would have flooded the entire earth again i believe because there's going to be water above the firmament so um think about that if you're going to have a, a a dome above the earth and you're going to be shooting missiles at each other like uh, nuclear missiles, you want to make sure you don't ricochet off of it. You want to be able to hit it. So they're testing how high they could go, right? Also, that's in 1962. What happened in, during 1969, July something, the moon landing. So we have NASA being formed. Uh, we have all that stuff happening during that time. Um, and we have Warner Von Braun, you know. Operation Paperclip, Nazi coming over here. They took all these uh, scientists from uh, from Germany, and Russia did the same thing. America and Russia, you know, always always trying to uh, battle it out. They're probably like a draft pick. I want to pick this guy. This guy killed thirty thousand people. No problem. I want to get this guy. All these crazy stuff, right? And they probably drafted them. But what Russia did is they took these guys and they gave them normal jobs. They paid them normal wages. What America did. We took these scientists and we put them in these high places, director of NASA, uh, Thurman, whatever, Grump, all these different huge companies, right? And uh, we gave them jobs at these these big companies because they, they knew how to build rockets and, and all these weapons. So um, one of the main guys that they took over from Operation Paperclip is Warner Von Braun, okay? So he was the, was the first... Uh, he was he came out with the Saturn V and the rocket technology to, to supposedly get to the moon. What I thought was interesting was they said that he converted to Christ and when he was uh, another interesting number, 66 years old, right? Uh, so uh, and on his tombstone when he died, he put the uh, he put Psalms 19:1. Okay. Psalms 19:1 is the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. That was on Warner Von Braun's tombstone. Is he leaving us a clue? Okay, I don't know. Um, but it says that God called the firmament heaven, right? So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting for him to have that on the tombstone. That makes conspiracy theorists go wild when they see that, you know. That's crazy. I didn't person. know that either. So, yeah, that's on his tombstone. That's a little breadcrumb for you guys, okay? The firmament, okay? Show what this handiwork, okay? So it's interesting. Um, let's see what else we have. Uh, okay, so I told you that there are three heavens. Uh, one where the birds fly. 
one where the uh, where the moon, sun, and the stars are, and then uh, above that is God's throne, right? So uh, let's go into Paul. He talks about going to the third heaven, which is where God's throne is located. He says uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 through 4, he says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, uh, whether in the body, I cannot tell, whether out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he has caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So Paul went to the third heaven. He says, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. Well, I'll tell you something. If God, if he went from earth uh, to past the moon, the sun, the stars, and they're all rotating, he's dodging planets, trying to get up there. You can't breathe up there, obviously, because there's no oxygen, they say. And he went all the way past trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles and ended up in God's throne above the firmament in this heliocentric model. I think that, that Paul would have probably wrote, 10 books in the Bible about how far heaven is away, what he had to go through. He saw the moons, you know, uh, or the sun rotating, or the sun there and the earth rotating around it. He would have probably wrote a bunch of books in the Bible about how far he had to travel to get to heaven, how beautiful the stars are, the galaxies. But no, all Paul says is that he, he heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. He doesn't say, I saw unspeakable things on the way to heaven because there was trillions upon trillions of miles I had to go through. No, he went to the third heaven. It talks about it right there. And also what I think is interesting is it says he was caught up to the third heaven. So uh, hold on. Let me show you two examples. On a flat earth, I'm not saying that there's no mountains or anything. Up is going to be here. Uh, let me bring it closer. Up is going to be always here, here, here. Up is always the same way, right? It doesn't change because it's fixed and immovable. But when you have a uh, rotating earth, uh, which I have up there, I should have grabbed it for you, a rotating earth, you know, on its axis spinning, which way is up? We have no idea what way is up. So when God, uh, when, uh, when, when uh, Enoch was caught up, right, to heaven, that's what it says, up to heaven, uh, Elijah was caught up to heaven, or Paul went up to heaven, or Jesus ascended up to heaven, which way is up? If the, if the earth was rotating this way and Israel was down here, and then they'd be going down. And if it, they were up here, they would be going up. So I thought it's interesting that on a flat earth, it's pretty easy to know which way is up. It's up, you know. Uh, it, now, Satan wants you to be on the spinning globe going around. You know, you have no idea which way is up, which way is down, right? So uh, I thought it was interesting. Very interesting. Um, another thing now. Jesus got baptized, right? Remember that? In a, it's in Matthew 3, 16. It says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, uh, went up straight away out of the water, right? He went up, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and lightning upon him, and loud a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So God is above the firmament, speaking saying, this is my son who I am well pleased. I don't even know if we could hear God if he was trillions upon trillions of miles away. I'm sure he could do it. He's, am he's amazing and he's all powerful, yes. But he says the heavens open and, and, and his Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And, and uh, this is my son who I am well pleased. So he's right there above the firmament. Um, it's interesting. And uh, 
this is another verse about the firmament because you kept you're asking me about that. Um, I'll kind of get a little bit more into it. Uh, Ezekiel one twenty six says, and above the firmament that was over the heads was like the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire throne, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of appearance of a man above upon it. Okay, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, that uh, it says that you know above the firmament, which is solid, you know, uh, is is a is a likeness of a throne. Uh, now we have a few verses to go over about I uh, about. The circle of the earth. This is the verse that everybody tries to use and say, this is a sphere. This is what he's talking about. But in Hebrew, in Hebrew, there's no word for sphere. There's a word for ball. I'm going to go over two verses that Isaiah uh, writes, and I could tell you how he does know the difference between a circle and a ball. Isaiah 40, 21 and 22. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he, talking about God, who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Think about that. Um, if you're looking at, if you were on uh, above the firmament, looking down on us, you're going to see a circle. Look at the flat earth map. Who knows if it's accurate or not, but it's going to be a circle, right? And uh, he's looking down from the firmament. And we look like grasshoppers to him, right? And he stretches out the curtains and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Now, I never put a tent. I was in the military, right? I was in the army. I had to sleep in a tent sometimes. I never put a ball underneath me and try to put a tent on it because it would not work. He stretches out the tent on a flat surface. That's what it is. It's it's flat. That's what you do. And the tents back then in, in, in the old Hebrew times, uh, Hebrew Israelites, was like a dome. Okay? The tents look like a dome. Look it up. So... Now, circle is not a ball. Circle of the earth. If he was looking down from the firmament, he looks down on us. That's a circle that he's seeing. It's not a ball. Because in Isaiah 20, 18, uh, Isaiah says, He will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. Thou shalt die. Uh, thou Wait. There shalt you die, and, there's, uh, and the chariots of thy glory shall be the shame of thy Lord's house. So in Isaiah 22, 18, the author obviously knows the difference between a ball and a circle, okay? He chose to use the word circle, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and also, if we knew that God was close, right, watching over us like grasshoppers, I think it's kind of the same thing like when I'm at work and my boss walks in, like, you know, people, sometimes they're lax, you know, they're kind of like, dang, I'm so tired. The boss walks in, you just, poof, right away, you just, yeah, exactly, there you go, yeah. You start writing or typing. God is watching over us at all times, and we need to know that. So everything we're doing is being recorded and watched, you know. If people knew that God was closer, local, looking down on us like grasshoppers, like the Bible says there. Um, now, also Isaiah is the prophet. He's able to speak to God, right? He's able to speak to God and, and, and get revelations and all the stuff that he wrote. Uh, not, re not revelation in the Bible, but revelations, right? Like uh, yeah. from him. <laughs> so, uh, so. God is not going to lie to his prophets or have any type of lie in their in their writings. God cannot lie. You know, he cannot lie. You know, he, he's he doesn't sin. There's no sin in him. So I think it's interesting. So um, any any questions so far? I have just a few more stuff to go over and we're going to end this. I think. Yeah, we're do make it. it. Let's let's keep going. I'll ask okay. some questions at the end if we have time. OK, no problem. OK, so we have. uh 
Okay, so we have every eye will see, Revelation 1, 7 through 8. Uh, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and there also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall, shall wail because of him. Even so, amen, and the Alpha Omega, the beginning and ending, saith the Lord, which is and was and which has to come, uh, the Almighty. So when Jesus comes back, every eye will see, right? Every eye will see. Uh, uh, everybody says, well, guys, we have satellites and uh, cameras and all this stuff. But on a flat earth, if Jesus comes back, every eye will see. But on a, a globe, only a fourth of the uh, people are going to see as it's spinning. And he also has to time it just right. You know, let me just get in there while it's spinning 66,000 miles an hour and all this stuff. And just on a cloud, you know what I'm saying? Trying to fly through the space, you know, trains of miles away and dodge all these planets. And then, you no, know, it's not that it's not that difficult. He comes. <laughs> it says that. That it says that God peels back the heaven like a scroll when Jesus comes. So he peels back the firmament like a scroll. And you're looking up. Oh, everyone's going to be so like, oh, wailing. It says that. It says it right there. So, so if he peels back the heaven like a scroll, that's called the firmament. God's going to peel the heaven like, like a scroll. Jesus is going to come in like a cloud. It's going to be amazing. Every eye will see on this earth, okay? Uh, also, stars are going to fall from heaven. Stars, it says it in Revelation 6 13. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her uh, untimely figs. Uh, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. You got to think about that. The heaven is, 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 is peeled back like a scroll. In my uh, interpretation, that works perfectly. In everybody else's interpretation, it does not work perfectly, okay? That would have to be so far away. We're not going to be able to see Jesus all at once. Okay. So we have that. Uh, also, uh, uh, I went over the moon is a light. The sun is a light, which we kind of already went through. Uh, now, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he lived a, uh, he didn't sin. Okay. He did not sin at all is what they say. Did not sin. So when Mark 13, he couldn't, he couldn't sin anyway, because I believe Jesus is God. So Mark 13, 24 through 25, it says, this is Jesus speaking. But in those days after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. The, the interesting part about that is the stars are supposedly, there's 200 billion of them. They say planets are rotating around them, you know, uh, and that they're supposed to be bigger than our sun. Some of them are the same size. They're, they're massive. All these stars fall down the earth. And, and, and the, like the Bible says, we have a lot more to worry about than the Antichrist and all these things that people are worried about. The mark of the beast, no, the stars are going to fall from heaven. So if you believe in the universe and all this stuff, we have way bigger problems to worry about than just the Antichrist, okay? The stars are going to fall from heaven. That's crazy. Um, so, all right, we're, so we're there. We talked about Operation Fishbowl. Uh, Moses, when uh, you know when, the, when they flooded the earth, think about a fishbowl, okay? Um, think about... Flooding the earth in a, in a in a dome with a flat with mountains and all that stuff, yeah. But think about filling up that fishbowl with water. It rained. God in in Enoch, God opened up the windows, uh, and it also says it here that God woke it up. The uh, it says that uh, He opened up the windows of heaven, right? So it says in the six hundred day. This is Genesis seven eleven year of Noah's life in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month. The day where all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open. So if there's a firmament, 
and the windows opened and the waters that were above went into the glass dome, right? Or whatever it is. I don't know what it's made out of. Then it's easier to flood that. Waters go above Antarctica, which is on the outside of the flat earth. You guys can check the map. The waters start going above that. Everything's going to be flooded. It fills up the dome, right? And 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 then Noah, it fills up to the highest mountain, right? Which is, I don't know what, Mount Everest or something. And uh, the waters, now now Noah's sitting there, you know, like on, on, on his boat, just chilling with all these animals. Uh, and then, you know, 40 days, it was raining. And it was also water coming in from the windows of heaven. And also from the fountains of the deep, you know? So that's interesting stuff. So God flooded the fishbowl. Um, uh, so uh, uh, let's see, what else do we have? God, Okay, I already talked about Elijah going up to heaven. Uh, there's also a verse about uh, the earth is God's footstool, right? So that would be like a flat surface, right? A footstool. And then there'd be like fa- uh, foundations, right? Very interesting. Um uh, also, it says that uh, also God also said in Genesis 2, I think it's like 2 1, that it is finished, you know, like the, the creation is finished. He's not ever expanding and, and, and going further and all this different stuff. He said that it is finished. So creation is finished. All right. Um, now uh, we got about 12 minutes. So this is going to be uh, wrapping this, this thing up. I think we went over mostly everything I would like to go over. Um, now, in the Bible, it talks about God is talking about the Antichrist and a strong delusion, all right? Um, a strong delusion. This is some of Rob Skiba's research. Rest in peace to him. He actually died. Um, I think they probably took him out, but uh, of COVID, you know, and he was so against all that. So anyway, so Rob Skiba, he said that, um, okay, 2 Thessalonians 2.11, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion uh, that they should believe a lie. And they talk about even uh, the elect will be deceived. So let's look at the heliocentric model and all the numbers and how they add up to 666, okay? So uh, first off, and and it's I think, I don't know what it is, 25,000 miles in circumference, whatever what they say the earth is. Um, and if you want to try to measure the curvature, it's every one mile is eight inches squared. So if you take eight, and you divide it by 12, it becomes 0.666 of a foot. So if you go one mile, that's going to be like 6.66 of a foot. If you go 10 miles, it's going to be 66.6. 100 miles is 6,666 feet of curvature. So we have 666 there. We also have the 66,600 miles an hour we're revolving around the sun. Then we have, um, we're on a 23.4 degree axis. Subtract that by 90 degrees, you have 66.6 degrees. So there's more 666s. Isaac Newton, when he came up with the theory of gravity, when he like first wrote it, it was in the year 1666. All right. Um, the speed of sound. If you take the speed of sound and you put it in knots, knots is like um, uh, maritime, uh, you know, that's what you use on the seas. It comes out to 666 knots. Uh, the diameter of the moon is 2160. If you take 6 times 6 times 60, that's the diameter of the moon. Okay, so there's 666 there. Uh, the Arctic and Antarctic celestial sphere, uh, 66.6 degree north latitude and 66.6 degree south latitude is what the scientists say. So that's all the sixes we have involved. And also as a star is 6 trillion miles away, okay, all this crap. So 
and all kind of i think that the earth the earth the heliocentric model um the big bang evolution that's all part of this strong delusion right because reading the word of god right you read it and you you accept it for what it is against science i believe this could be the strong delusion or part of the strong delusion a lot of people believe it's going to be alien invasion, aliens from other planets, right? Or from other galaxies. That's one of the things a lot of people believe, this the strong delusion. Um, I believe that it's this, and it could be that as well involved in it. But I believe that the heliocentric Earth, you guys call me crazy, but I believe that it could be the strong delusion because even the elect are deceived. Everybody's deceived right now about that. And when you read the Bible, it's simple. You just kind of read through it, digest it, don't. Don't you can take it literal. You don't have to call it an allegory. Okay. God never said in the beginning, right? Um, Moses, kick me a beat. I'm about to write a song for you and show you how I created the earth, like an allegory or poetry or anything. No, God said, I, you know, we're all glory to him. Everything he's talking about is all glory to him, right? Um, I created the heaven and the earth, uh, the firmament, this, this. It's like a detailed information on how we created it. You don't have to try to fit. Uh, you know, Big Bang in the Bible, trillions upon trillions, I'm sorry, billions upon billions of years, uh, uh, evolution, all that stuff. Think about it, guys, okay? You do not have to fit all that in it. So any questions for me at the end? I have, I have about eight minutes and we crushed yeah. it. I wanted to add, when you're talking about that occultic symbolism with the 666 T, uh, NASA is, if you switch around the words, it's Satan minus the T. And when they get ready for liftoff, they say T minus. So then they're adding the T back in. People do that wordplay, right? They're telling us exactly what you're saying. I wanted to ask you, this is kind of hypothetical, but I'm always curious with people who have studied this as deeply as you have. What do you think is on the other side of the firmament as far as, do you think that this is just to uh, distract society from the Bible, from God? Or do you think that there's more land outside of it? Do you think that there's things that they're, that even people on our planet know that's out there that they're hiding from us? And what do you think the benefit is? Because a lot of conspiracy theories, you look at like COVID, you look at, you know, a lot of them, you can see, okay, well, this is obviously money driven. This is obviously power driven. You can see the benefit that somebody has about lying. What do you think are, are other reasons maybe why they would lie to us about just the shape of the, the place that we live on? Well, sun worship is one. Um, the other thing is going to be like taking the creator and 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 t- taking them far far away, or taking your 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 uh, interpretation of the Bible and and taking Genesis, put it in a blender, serve it to the people, so they have no, they're so confused that they only believe sixty percent of the Bible and forty percent they put to the side. It's all about hiding God, extra land, and all that stuff that Sean talks about. It's it's fun to talk about, and and if there's maps out there, and maybe people have been there, that's all stuff that I have no idea. But I believe God said he created the firmament and it's enclosed. Uh, We breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. The plants, they breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. It's an enclosed system. The water, the water cycle, all that stuff. We don't need anything outside of that. Now, I think there's going to be an alien deception. Uh, uh, Richard Dawkins, which is a big evolutionist, he will not admit that, that we have intelligent design or God created us, but he will say if there was a creator or we were created by something that was intelligent, it was from other planets or galaxies, aliens, right? 
give me a break. Uh, I don't know why he does that, but he's just a, a just does not want to admit that God is real. Um, so I think it's all about hiding God. Okay, what is the devil? The devil wants to confuse you. Have you believe in Apollo? Have you believe in Osiris? Want you to believe in all these different gods? Want to take away your mind from the Bible? That's all it's about. Take a person and put them through this uh, elementary all the way through K through 12. And what do you get? You get a kid that doesn't believe in the Bible, believes in evolution, believes in the Big Bang, the heliocentric model. And he gets introduced to the Bible and says, nope, I'm not going to believe that. Or he goes to college and he's, I'm not going to believe that because college says this. But man is God is truth and let every man be a liar. That's what the Bible says. God is truth and every man is a liar because we do lie. We lie to boast ourselves. We lie to uh, do all this different stuff. I'm smarter than you. I, I'm smarter than God is what they think as well. You know, um, this is how it was all created. But all of them have only been on the earth for how long? 60 years, 65 years, 85 years. That's all they lived. They think they're so intelligent. But God has been here forever, right? So uh, God and Jesus was with him in the beginning. God created it through Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ. Oh, that's interesting. That's 1 Corinthians uh, 16, I think it is. So Jesus was there. Elohim is what they say in the Bible. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth, which is plural. That's God, the Holy Spirit. He was over the face of the waters. Uh, he was creating everything through Jesus. Jesus is the word, right? It's John uh, 1, 1. Jesus is the word. Je uh, uh, he was with God. He was God. And also the word became flesh. So guys, think about it. It's Jesus or it's God versus the devil in everything we do, including heliocentric, big bang and evolution. Okay. So think about it, guys. Everything is upside down. Uh, what's, uh, that's what the Satan does. Everything is, it's totally opposite of what the Bible says. We're fixed. The moon, some of the stars are revolving around us. Everything is in the firmament. But in the scientific model, what? We're revolving around the sun. We're doing all this ever expanding stuff. So. It just gets really interesting, but study it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. All I am is just a vessel that God's trying to use to, uh, you know, some people will say, well, he's a liar. No, I'm just, oh, I read everything out of the Bible. Not That was not my opinion in any way. You know, <laughs> that was not my opinion. That was well, all I, the word of God. Every And for people listening, I'm going to refer you to Josh's podcast. He covers this topic with, you know, the top people in the world that are, researching this and I have, you know, dug into this more than almost anybody else. And Josh, I think he has an interesting perspective. He's gotten to listen to everybody. So he's gotten to take in information from multiple perspectives, along with his own to, to educate you today. So Josh, this is awesome. For people listening, where is your podcast and your music and where can people find you online? Um, you can go to YouTube. It's Josh Monday Music and Podcast. Uh, if you look me up on Spotify for music, just put in Josh Monday. Uh, I think I have like nine songs out, uh, all, all Christian, a little bit of conspiracy, a little bit of, uh, election fraudish type of stuff. I don't know. Sometimes I have, I get, I get a little crazy on these tangents, you know, but you know, whatever. I don't know what was happening at that time with me, but I was probably going crazy. But, um, I just, um, I just think that everybody, uh, if you want to look oh, also, uh, if you want to find my podcast, it's just Josh Monday, Christian and conspiracy podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and um, I think it went well. Sean Hibbler uh, was on my podcast. He's a super cool guy, and his, his he has really good uh, information. Um, I'm not Christian so much, but it's okay. The other stuff is good. Um, 
Dave Weiss, uh, Rob Skiba is a Christian perspective. You guys should look up for this. Um, and uh, Eric Dubay is not Christian either, but he has great perspective on challenging science. I love what he does. And also, um, you know, uh, Dave Murphy is another one. There's a whole bunch of names. Uh, Mark Sargent. Look up all these guys if you want to study it and then uh, get a Christian perspective. Pick up the Bible, the real tr- absolute truth. And cons- and that's what you do. You take what people say out there and you put it up against the truth, the Bible. And if it doesn't match up, they're probably telling you a lie because like you bring up in the very beginning, uh, there's principalities of evil, darkness, uh, spiritual forces that we're going up against. So it's not just about human versus human. It's not battling against flesh. It's it's spiritual darkness, wickedness that we're dealing with. And that's on every level, including this one. This 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 topic we came up with is 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 the heliocentric model is all about us, you know, God versus the devil, right? So yeah, that's it. Well, I'm Thank so grateful you. that you came on. It's such an honor, you know, after watching your show to finally get you on here. It's it's really cool for me to get to actually meet you and, and to share your voice. You've taught me so much. And for people listening, Josh is doing this for free, you guys. This is something that I believe in the future people will have careers teaching people about once it becomes a little bit more accepted in society. And right now, Josh is doing this for free. He's, you know, working around his busy schedule. As we said, he's a dad. He has a job. He's a he's a husband. There's a lot of things that he does. And he's carving time out of his weeks to provide this information for you. So I'm going to link all of his social media links, his podcast, his music, and the show notes. Please go support him. This is, you know, this isn't material that the algorithms are going to boost up. We have to help. And you're going to get so much value from his podcast, I promise. Um, I share it a lot on my YouTube channel. So you can also go in my community section and find this podcast too. So you guys, thank you so much for supporting Josh. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you, everybody. And we will see you next week.